Podcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River, this is the Start of Knox podcast featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today we continue our series of interviews in partnership with Webb School of Knoxville. Each student in the Introduction to Entrepreneurship and Design Thinking course will interview a local entrepreneur. In this episode, I got to interview Jay Livingston, Chief Marketing Officer at Shake Shack. So, Jay, welcome. Welcome Thank back you. to campus. Thank so, a special, special treat today. Um, and I'll, I'll let you talk about sort of the whole background of, of what's happening on campus today, because it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Um, so, we'll start there, and then we'll talk a little bit about Shake Shack. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So, yeah. Quick background? Yeah, quick background would be great. Just yeah, yeah. talk about the classroom and the whole evolution yeah. of it. So, my dad, Jay Livingston, is my name too. He, he actually attended, he was in the second class at Webb School. So he attended here, and then he, when I was, um, I guess about 12 years old, he became a teacher here, and he taught government economics and world history for 27 years, and then he also was the tennis, men's and women's tennis coach, and started the women's soccer program. Um, so then, and then I attended Webb, and I was a graduate in 1990, uh, and so, a guy named Frank Majors, some of you guys may know like Johnny Majors, who's a longtime football coach, University of Tennessee, really successful. Uh, Frank is, I believe it might be his grandson. Frank was a senior when I was a freshman. We were both on the baseball team. Frank uh, has done really well, started a finance business uh, with one of his web co- um, other schoolmates that they recently sold for a tremendous amount of money. It's done really well, and he decided to make a donation to the school of my dad's honor, and they're naming John Schmidt's classroom after my dad. So we just had a ceremony in there, and all the basically, um, a bunch of my dad's classmates, several of whom's kids were my age, and we're still friends, came back, and they named the classroom after him, and it was super special. And basically the idea was my dad had sort of gotten Greg Haygood and Frank Majors interested in finance and economics, and they went on to Vanderbilt and then started this business and sold it and sort of claimed that my dad helped light that spark. Awesome. So um, hopefully you're doing that now. So That's right. Don't forget to come back and uh, <laughs> donate back. You know, 20, 30, 40 years and say, oh yeah, it was when Jay talked to the class, <laughs> yeah. that was the spark that got you off over the hump yeah. to start your company. Yeah, the so. true entrepreneurs. So I graduated in 1990. I went to Miami University in uh, Oxford, Ohio. And then um, was recruited out of school to Bank of America, and I worked at Bank of America leading marketing strategy um, at the end. Uh, and over my 20 years there, I basically ran sort of every functional area of marketing and strategy. I moved to New York City about 13 years ago, and when I moved there, I was in marketing. Most startups in New York City are started by people with a finance or a tech background. But if they're a consumer-facing business, they become a marketing company, whether they like it or not, about six months in, because you got to sell products, and they didn't know a lot of marketing people. So they started asking me, hey, would you come advise this company, or maybe um, talk to this founder I'm thinking about investing in, and let, let us know what you think. And so I was like, sure. And what I realized is in my big Bank of America job, I, wasn't get, I was getting all this new exposure to these like founders that were really on the cutting edge of growth. And thinking about all these new areas. So I started investing in some of these businesses. And the more I invested in them, the more kind of word got out. And I'm now invested in over probably 25 um, startups that have had various levels of success. And then when I decided to leave Bank of America, I said, I'm gonna give a year or two and go um, travel the world and start a third political effort and do all these other things. And I'll jump back in and be a chief market officer somewhere at a growth company. And having done that investing was really what allowed me to jump back in and actually kind of have the credibility to do that. 
And so I went to a company called BarkBox, which is a dog company. Uh, we have boxes, three and a half million subscribers to a monthly box of toys and treats. Bark went public about, um, about three months ago uh, and at a $3 billion valuation. Just for perspective of some of these companies and why you should consider entrepreneurism, uh, the three founders of BarkBox that started it each made $180 million when Bark went public nine years later. So, you know, there, it can be a very profitable enterprise also to be an entrepreneur, right? It's high risk, high reward. And then I did that for two years. And then there's Shake Shack, which is based in New York City, probably the most famous restaurateur in the world, Danny Meyer. Um, he owns, he's written a book called Setting the Table, which is a fantastic business book. Um, if you ever want to read a great business book about hospitality, um, he had started restaurants like 11 Madison Park, which is the highest ranked restaurant in the world, right there in Madison Park, New York City. They started selling burgers and hot dogs that were basically overflow from the restaurant out of the park to raise money from the park about 15 years ago. And New York City went crazy for it. And so the next year they called it Shake Shack. They put a place in the park. And the idea is just basically a fine dining burger in a fast casual environment. And that took off. And fast forward 15 years later, we're a public company. Um, we have, we're opening one every three days somewhere in the world. We opened five on five yesterday, wow. one in South Korea, one in Manila, one in Mexico City, one in Kansas City, and one in a little suburb outside of Columbus, Ohio. So the growth is crazy, um, and we own them all in the U.S., and then we license to one licensee per country overseas. So that was the idea, and Shake Shack's taking off. So I, about three years ago now, I took over as I'm chief marketing, digital, and culinary officer of Shake Shack, um, and have been doing that, and still invest in a lot of these businesses, and then was thrilled to come back and do this thing for my dad and meet you and super awesome. So, so talk about the last one, the chief culinary officer. So are you in the kitchen? Are you are, so, you are you doing food work? Yeah, so what happened is basically, you know, in many restaurants, marketing oversees the menu, right? Yeah. And I've yeah. always said I don't want to sell a product that I'm not responsible for making. Um, and when I came there, we had a long time culinary lead who oversaw supply chain, QA, which is really food safety and then the menu and all the culinary items. Um, that group consists of, we have several celebrity chefs that are kind of work for us. Mark Rosati is one. Um, those guys now report up to me. I do not get into the decisions about, hey, the mouthfeel of this, you know, is it right? Or I don't like the way these flavor profiles are working, but I oversee the function. Okay. And um, now, and that's been great because we've really brought it together with marketing and, and digital. And in the digital, we've become a digital business. When COVID broke out, you know, we were 85% in Shack sales. So by in Shack, it means people walking into a Shake Shack. 15% are app, web, and delivery. That flipped to 85% on our app, web, and delivery during COVID. And it's only dropped to, a, it's, it's down about 60%. But that's like a new business for us. So now people are just engaging by buying on their app, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so that's been a huge transition. We've had to bulk up our digital team, rebuild the app, rebuild the website, just lost a new website a couple weeks ago, and then sign with delivery partners, DoorDash, Uber Eats, you know, Grow, all those guys. So that's been a huge change for us to kind of manage that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. So this photo is from like two, three days ago uh, at the Shake Shack in Nashville, so it's at a conference there. Downtown, Frank? Uh, yeah, downtown. Downtown. Yeah. 
And uh, so I thought it was interesting, and it's interesting you talk about digital because when I walked in, I think the expectation was I'd probably already ordered. Yeah. And I was just a walk-in. So yeah. I was like, oh, it, you're here. And then they pointed to, and there was a whole string of iPads. Kiosks. Right, right? kiosks. Yeah. And I could just tap in my order. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're good. And how was um, it? How did it work? Well, it was great. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it looks great. Took down all of it. One of the interesting things was the first time I went to a Shake Shack was a flagship store in New York City. Okay. And I heard a lot about it. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that you hear about if you follow Shake Shack, have any of you been to a Shake Shack? Yes. Yeah, a few? Awesome. So one of the things I remember reading about when I went public is like the focus on customer service. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. It's a, it's a Shake Shack, right? You get burgers and fries and drink. So we went to the flagship store in New York City and there was a toddler there and the toddler was uh, throwing a fit. I mean, they're just like going ballistic, yeah. right? So it's lighting up the whole restaurant. And uh, so someone came from the back with Shake Shack with a chocolate shake and handed it to the child with the permission of the parent. Like, you give this to the child yeah, and yeah. they were like, like, do anything, right? Yeah. Help, help us. And so now the kid has a shake and it's like, oh, you know, tantrum over, yeah. enjoying the shake. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Shake was not ordered, shake was not yeah. paid for. It was just like, hey, let's make, let's make this yeah. family's day better. Yeah. Um, Davey calls that enlightened hospitality. Yeah. So that's kind of his idea of like hospitality is being on your side. Right. You know, so often you walk into restaurants or places and you don't really feel that's kind of us versus them. Right. And this idea that like, no, they're on your side. And when you convey that, the whole experience changes. And I think that's one of the most brilliant business principles I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And here I, I like to eat two burgers. So I got two yeah. burgers and I wanted a side of fries and a lemonade. And so then when it came out though, You'll see there's two sides of fries. Yeah. Right? So there's a bonus side of fries. Yeah. Either just because they thought, here's a bonus side of fries. This but in a pretty good sized order, he may, maybe he could use it. Um, or maybe there was a second person and they were like, hey, we'll give that person fries yeah. in case they, they yeah. couldn't order it or whatever. Yeah. So whatever the reason was, yeah. it's just sort of a um, yeah, a nice little like surprise. Yeah. Here's some free fries. Yeah, that's great. Um, I love that. So it was neat. It was yeah. random. I mean, yeah. those are the two uh, the primary experiences that I can recall. Yeah. Um, so it's neat. So, so you talk about big work in digital website app 60% still of the orders coming yeah. through that way yeah. but at the same time open up new shacks yeah so how do you balance like you need that physical location you still have the brand versus sort of the ghost kitchen model of like hey, right. we're gonna DoorDash is going to arrive with it. We still want to have yeah, the still, sign. We still want to be part of our communities. And if you think about all the great restaurants, like in Knoxville, when I was here, you know, we would gather at places like Colonel's. I don't know if any of that even exists. Does that yeah. exist still? Yes, it exists. Okay. So, you know, the, when you think about your favorite restaurants, often they're a part of the neighborhood, part of the community. It's very hard to do that if you're a chain, if yeah. you're a big national restaurant. So we want to continue to build the kind of places that people want to gather and want to be and then have crowds. On the other hand, the world is moving to digital and COVID accelerated that. And we know that a lot of people want to order ahead. They don't want to wait in line, right? They want their food waiting for them when they get there. They want to be able to do it privately and not necessarily talk to someone. I don't know how to feel about that, if that's good or bad, but it's just the way it is. And of course, they want delivery. And when you think about um, years ago, I mean, you couldn't have got delivery, you know, to your food. That would have been just impossible. And DoorDash and Uber Eats and these guys have... It's a whole great venture story that I'm sure you talk about, whether it's Uber um, and all these guys, is this on-time economy of, I really want that when I want it, and I'm willing to pay for that. Right. It's been subsidized by venture capital up until recently, where yeah. it really wasn't a fair value exchange. 
now, if anybody's noticed, if you take Ubers over, the Uber prices have gone way up last year and a half, and that's really just starting to cover the cost of actually taking the Uber and paying the employees. Um, and so anyway, that, that, is, that is a move that just the world is going to. So physical experiences are almost always going to be complemented by digital experiences. Yeah. So tech and digital and understanding that world is going to become more and more important. If you're an entrepreneur, you better understand like the digital channels and ecosystem. And so in your role as CMO, are you thinking about, and Chief Culinary Officer, are you thinking about, hey, the product is differentiated? Our burger is a better burger than you can get at all of these fast food restaurants, but even also at probably more of your competitors are fast casual, right? Yeah. So like we're going to have a better product. Yeah. And, but talking about digital, like our app's going to be better, yeah. be easier to use, yeah. faster yeah. somehow. Are those sort of the, the yeah. little battleground points? I'll give you two great examples quickly that kind of I relate to. Two areas that in the old restaurant we were not prepared for is, let's say our packaging. So our packaging is designed to show off the food. These wax bags, we invented these. These are called fry boats. We kind of invented these, the first ones to do that. You can see the presentation. The burger is meant to stick out of that wax bag like that. Yeah. Like you can see the tip versus a clamshell where you can't see the burger. So this looks beautiful on a tray when it's delivered, it makes it feel elevated. But in delivery, this stuff loses heat, so let's say this is a shake in a plastic cup. The shake is sitting there cooling down the burger. The burger's warming up the shake. The fries are getting soggy. This packaging is a disaster. And we never had to worry about it because delivery was sort of an outlier. So now we're having to redesign all our packaging to try to retain the heat of the burger, keep the shake cool, also not violate like ESG standards, which is environmental social responsibility, um, making sure that like we're recycling. You can't use styrofoam or these yeah. kind of things. So that's just a change in the way you have to think about things. Another one is like customer service. So it used to be if you go out to one of these restaurants and they give you, they forget your sauce with your chicken bites and you walk right up and you say, can I get my sauce? And they slide it to you. Well, in delivery, when you get your bag and there's no sauce, you're pissed, right? Right? Because it just took like, man, like I can't, I've got to drive there. I'm, they left something else, a big deal. We didn't have customer support to even handle that. Yeah. So there was nowhere to call. The shacks don't answer the phones. They're too busy. So we've had to build digital tools so you can immediately try to do that. And, and we're still in process of that. And that's one of those small things that has really changed the experience of Shake Shack that we're having to scramble to keep up with. Yeah. Now, I've definitely noticed that, like, uh, going through the drive through as many of you have at uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. The, the order's confirmed, like, three times. Yeah. Like, by the last confirmation, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, yes, it's just, <laughs> that's, it's, and they know that's what I want. But it's because of that Nothing reason. pisses off a customer more when they drive away from that Chick-fil-A. And one of your kids doesn't out. get what they ordered. And, and it's I, like, oh, we're short of meal. And, and we got to go back in the line or whatever. So getting better ways <laughs> to solve those problems is a big, something we've thought about and I work on a lot. Yeah. yeah. So what's the next big thing coming out, coming out of Shake Shack? What's in the works? Well, Especially if this gets just chucked. <laughs> we can redact it. Yeah, we can, we can cut it out. Yeah, we can cut this part out. Well, one, we always want to be on the culinary edge. We just launched this black truffle burger that we're selling right now that is so good. It would be $70 at Mineta Tavern in New York. Yeah. Like it's a $70 burger at a fine dining restaurant that we're able to sell for like nine bucks. Now I get grief from my Knoxville friends when they go to Nashville, like Shake Shack's so expensive. Like I go to Crystal's, I get 20 of them for a dollar or whatever. And like, why come here? It's so expensive. It's because the ingredients that we use in it. And that's what differentiates us. Yeah. Um, but that black truffle burger, we're using actually real truffle. It's not like crappy synthetic truffle oil. 
and it's amazing, right? These lemonades are hand spun. Um, there's no high fructose corn syrup in the restaurant. We don't freeze anything, so it's all um, fresh. That's hard to do. Yeah. And it's not an assembly line like a McDonald's where they're just putting pucks in the microwave and then dropping them in the burger. We have to cook everything from scratch. So we're launching our first drive. So what's, this is a long answer to your question. What's next for us is drive-throughs. So we're launching our first drive-through in three weeks. It'll make a bunch of news when we do it. And, but it's hard for us to do drive-through because again, unlike Chick-fil-A where stuff is frozen and they're just like, it's, it's kind of crappy. Chick-fil-A does a great job, but the ingredients are nothing like ours. They are able to make that so much faster. We got to figure out how do we design our kitchen and our experience so that it doesn't drive people waiting in the car crazy because it's going to take a little longer. Yeah. So we're very focused on trying to create an experience to make that engaging and it's going to take three more minutes. So what do you, what do we, what do you do with those three minutes while you're waiting? Right. People are so used to things happening so fast. We noticed that like, it, you know, taking kids to Disney World too. Yeah, yeah. Now they have entertainment in the lines. That's right. And when I was a kid, it was just like, you got two hours. Yeah. That's and you're right. standing there and no one even had phones. Yeah. So you're literally just standing there just doing standing nothing there. inside. Right. That's right. And now there's like screens and the characters will come say hello and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, so we're yeah. working on a lot of that. Um, so drive through, but if drive through works for us, it will unlock an amazing amount of business that we can go around the country and put drive-throughs and you'll see our stock. If it works, our stock will go to $400 a share. Yeah. Um, and so that's the kind of thing where we'll see, it's going to be hard to make it work. So that's a big thing. For so we can, put some, we can put some shacks in Knoxville soon? Yeah, so, you know, here's one of the things we learned. Um, we spread out very quickly in a bunch of big cities. And the problem is when you just have one in an individual city, that one shack is like an outlier. So you can't share product if one shack runs low. You can't show like general managers or training people and you move them around. Yeah. And you can't really build the brand. So what we decided to do is we're going to infill cities. We have, we have um, like 17 in Texas right now. You know, instead of putting another one in Knoxville, we're going to put three more in Dallas. Yeah. and build up that market and go market to market. Eventually we'll hit Knoxville, but yeah. Nashville's one. We've got now four in Nashville. Yeah. We'll end up with 13 in Nashville probably. Um, and then we'll move to the Knoxville's and the Charleston's and so forth. But it's hard with just one. And the question is, can Knoxville support? You know, how can <coughs> Knoxville support? How many can we support? Anybody? Guesses? Yeah. If Nashville can do 13, maybe we can do five. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. At least one in each well, sector, north, south, east, west, west Knoxville. We always yeah. say, if they're, whatever number Chick-fil-A's are somewhere, we can do that same There's got to be a half dozen Chick-fil-A's in Knoxville, at least. <laughs> More than half dozen. I'm just like in Knoxville proper, and then as you get farther out. Yeah. And the like cars and halls and stuff, you probably have more. Yeah, for sure. So, there you go. Yeah, that's the, We're on the, map. the future. We're hoping. We're Maybe hoping one right here on campus. That seems like exactly. good, good, good well, I was seeing your little convenience uh, yeah. store over here and drop a Shake Shack in there. Totally good. <laughs> I love that idea. Done. There you go. Done. 100% voting. Yeah. <laughs> well, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Jay, thanks a ton for yeah. coming to class. I also want to introduce you to Miranda Vandergriff. She's our hey, chief creative director at Knoxville Entrepreneur Center. Oh, fantastic. And it's awesome. day, and Elaine is going to interview yeah. her. So we have to like, give them the hot seats. Yeah. But yeah, thanks a ton for being here. If you can hang out, yeah. please do. If you got to do calls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 100%. No, I'll hang out and listen for me. Uh, understand. If, if anybody ever has questions about restaurants, retail, New York City, living in New York, where are you going to live, where are you go to college, I'm happy to answer them. Yeah, Jay's obviously a great resource. So, and right now, all of them, and I don't know what the ideas are, but they're all coming up with their own ideas for a pitch at the end of the semester. Oh, good. So to the extent that some of those may be retail and or food oriented, then 
Ask Jay. As and long as it's not a competitor. I don't want to see a better burger business being pitched out there. So, so let's end with this. So we, we've got an Airstream trailer that's going to come to campus first week of December yeah. for, for one day for each class. Okay. This is a head-to-head. -head. Yeah. This class is going to compete against the other section of the same class. Oh, it's true. Okay. okay. So yeah. they get used to the trailer. Yeah. And so your plan is to sell some dessert, right? Some baked goods. Hot chocolate also. Is that right? For now? Sure. They're just baked goods? <laughs> sure. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, their thesis was, we got plenty of food here, but there's a demand among high school students and maybe middle school students too yeah. for some sweets. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to try to sell as much as they can out of the Airstream trailer. Oh, nice. Promote it through announcements at assembly and posters and so forth. Well, I'll commit to this. Whoever wins, uh -huh. I'll send Shake Shack swag. So we'll send a bunch of... Uh, Cool sweatshirts, maybe that kind of stuff. Down. <laughs> it just got real. Yeah. Watch, watch the effort levels, just like super ramped. Yeah. 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 Yeah.